When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This is Eye on Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to Ion on Foxborough. I'm Chris Mason here with Mark Daniels. Divisional round weekend just ended and the Bills managed to lose in the most heartbreaking, albeit predictable way possible. Mark, what did you make of Buffalo getting bounced by Kansas City on a 44-yard missed field goal by Tyler Bass, wide right? It was it was a fitting end to the Buffalo Bills season. Um, they underachieved this past year. They went 11 and six after winning 13 games a year ago. And you talk about wide right. I mean, that's that's the Bills' history, right? It's it's misery. It's going to Super Bowl after Super Bowl and losing all of them. What was it three, four straight? Mm-hmm. It's like at, at this point, you sort of expect misery for the bills like you used to expect misery for the red Sox in those 90s when like they were always going to find a way to lose like the aaron boone home run off tim wakefield it's like we all like oh yeah curse the bambino red Sox are never going to win until eventually the dam broke open but the bills it's just like man you have josh allen you've had one of the top quarterbacks in the nfl but you're also in a conference with patrick mahomes you have to play sort of close to perfect to beat mahomes and the chiefs and mahomes and the chiefs are not I wouldn't I don't even I don't know if I'd even call them a great team. They have like a legendary quarterback, but they have a lot of holes in that roster. But man, it's just another just another thorn in the Bills fans' side. Bills fans are salty as it already is, man. You know, it's like and I'm like, oh yeah, this is a horrible way to lose, and I'm not at all surprised. Yeah, this definitely isn't the best Chiefs team that we've seen. I mean, the Chiefs defense is pretty good, but like offensively, they're definitely flawed, and Buffalo still couldn't stop them. I was pretty surprised that they didn't. Buffalo didn't push the envelope on that final drive more and really seemed to settle for a 44-yard field goal where, I mean, we've both covered enough games up there to know that is not an easy place to kick. It was windy as hell all day. 44, like, that, that, that's not a gimme. And they seemed, you know, a little a little too complacent to try and kick that field goal and send it to overtime. But this does open the question now. Does Sean McDermott keep his job? He's been in Buffalo for seven years. Been to the AFC Championship game once. Team is consistently underachieving. Do you think this time next week, Sean McDermott's still Buffalo's head coach? Um, I I think he is. I think he is. But I'll say this, Chris. If you're like, all right, if you're gonna fire Sean McDermott, really, what would like why would be options? Do you go for more of an offensive-minded head coach? Do you look for like a Ben Johnson? Maybe. 
Or do you go for an experienced veteran head coach who's won a Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl before, such as Bill Belichick, which I think leads to a really interesting question. So, like, one, I don't think Sean McDermott's going to lose his job, although I think he, the time for him might be running out. But two, I do think the Buffalo Bills should seriously consider hiring Bill Belichick. So if I'm the Bills, I take a massive run, a massive swing here and say, you know what? We saw Bill come in Buffalo for 20 years and basically beat us win six Super Bowls. We want that. We want our team to get over the hump. And if they think coaching will get them over the hump, Bill Belichick's the perfect man for the job, even though I do not expect that to happen. He'd be such a fascinating fit there where I think he would love coaching in Buffalo, like coaching in that weather with that fan base. Like, I think I think that's something that he'd really be in for. And McDermott, just he still does so many stupid things where like the fake punt in the fourth quarter is like, you have Josh Allen. Give the ball to Josh Allen if you're going to do this in your own territory. Like fake punt to Tamar Hamlin. What are you doing, buddy? It's just stuff like that seems to happen all the time. The one thing with Bill, though, there that I think it'd be really fascinating is the fit with Josh Allen, because I think that turnovers would drive him insane. You know, where like the ball security is not Allen's strong suit. He's an amazing player to watch. He's maybe the most like physically gifted quarterback in the game, but he's just not careful with the football. And if there's anything you've learned from watching 24 years of Bill Belichick in New England, number one job, ball security, right? Like, how do you think a Belichick-Allen marriage could work? Yeah, you know, Bill would clearly have to stick with Josh Allen, so he really wouldn't have a choice. But I think he'd be pretty frustrated with the fact that, like you said, he's um he's pretty loose when it comes to protecting that football. There are things he does that just makes your head like you scratch your head. You're like, what? Why would you do this? I think we'd see the you know the Bill Belichick gif of him slamming down the iPad. I think there would be moments in Buffalo like that. He would just like slam down stuff on the sideline because Josh Allen inexplicably gave the ball away, a la you know Mac Jones past season. It would be interesting to see how Josh Allen would do with someone like Josh McDaniels, too, as an OC. Would that be good for him? Would it be too complicated? I don't I don't know. I mean, Josh Allen doesn't strike me as like a pocket passing higher high IQ quarterback. He's just like he's like a defensive end who's really athletic, who has a cannon for an arm. He's just built completely differently. And so you kind of have to build that offense around him. So there'd be pros and cons, right? Like. Bill Belichick, arguably the greatest of all time, would certainly have them coached well. No one would be more prepared, right, than the Bills. But, you know, would Bill Belichick be what's best for Josh Allen? Um, I'm not quite sure. From Belichick's perspective, is the Buffalo job better than the Atlanta job right now? Ooh, that's a really good question. The Bills are in salary cap hell going into next year. They're losing pieces, but they have Josh Allen in place, who's an MVP candidate. So you have the, you know what, I, I might actually say the Bills are a better job than the Falcons, even though I think the Falcons are in a worse division. The AFC East isn't that great of a division also, you know, and you, you already have Josh Allen. I don't love Tua. Um, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is coming off a season that name is what, he's going to be 41. I mean, so if you go to Buffalo, you have the best quarterback in the division, which should give you an, I think, an easier path to the playoffs. And Atlanta, though, he'll have full control. You have to find you have to find the quarterback, but you have some pretty good young offensive pieces: Bajon Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and I think with Atlanta, I, I mean I'll say this: I think Bills would be a better job. I think Atlanta is a better fit, 
Bill can go into that organization and pretty much do everything he wants, right? If he wants to be the GM, he's going to be the GM. If he wants to hire all his friends, he can hire all his friends. I'm not entirely sure the Bills are run that way or if they'd be willing to let go of their GM. Yeah, that's a good point. They do seem to really like Brandon being there. And I don't know, maybe Bill would just want to coach, but it does seem like he still wants total control. The other thing, though, is it doesn't feel like the Falcons job is a total slam dunk at this point where Bill's had two interviews there, but they're really still doing a full coaching search there where Harbaugh's had multiple interviews there. They're interviewing Vrabel like this isn't a bill or bust type thing for them. So he has some legitimate competition down there. Has that surprised you at all? It's it's a it's a bit surprising to me that I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you know, I, I like what Atlanta is doing. It's the t- polar opposite to Robert Kraft and the Patriots, where they're interviewing every single head coaching candidate imaginable. And if Arthur Blank wants to take a big swing, there are actually multiple big swings he could take. I mean, Bill Belichick, John Harbaugh, Mike Vrabel, those are all would all be good coaching hires. You know, they're, they're all veteran coaches who have, who have won to some degree, you know, at various levels. It, it is surprising to me that one. This isn't wrapped up already. I thought it'd be like Monday morning and Bill Belichick would be the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. I guess it's also very surprising, Chris, that Bill Belichick is only interviewed with the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, how how shocking is this right now? I mean, are there any any other fits out there? Like, it's just surprising to me there's only one Bill Belichick suitor at the moment. Yeah, I'm surprised that he hasn't taken an interview with the Chargers, but he really might just not want to coach on the West Coast. Like, it could be that simple where that's the other roster that's like the job that's open in the roster that immediately you're like, yeah. Like they're pretty close to winning. They just need a coach who's not a dum-dum and, you know, insert bill there. But yeah, he has an interview there. So maybe he just doesn't want to coach on the West Coast. That's the thing that's so tough with Bill is that like nobody really knows what he wants other than to catch Don Shula, you know, like yeah, what he prioritizes, any of that stuff. And there have been so many different conflicting reports where do you remember that one that came out in like November that was like, well, Bill really likes the beach. So L.A. would be a fit for him. It's like, yeah. what? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Who doesn't like the beach? I mean, come on. Right. And so I, I don't know. I mean, I think the most intriguing jobs to him might still be ones that haven't come open yet. Whether, I mean, it looks like the Eagles are going to stick with Sirianni after all that. The Cowboys never came open. Buffalo, like we'll see in the coming days. But I think like if McDermott's not gone, the openings are kind of like what you see is what you get. Do you see any other surprise firing happening here? You know, would would the Jets suddenly make a move and go after Bill Belichick and have that situation come full circle? That'd be hilarious, right? Bill Belichick decides to go coach the Jets after writing on like a napkin or loose leaf paper. I quit. Like, that'd be great. That'd be great to see. That'd be some great to write about, Chris. We're great to pot about. I don't know if I actually see it happening. I mean, at this point, we're heading into the championship round for both teams, you know, both leagues. It's like, what are you waiting for? I mean, so many teams are conducting interviews at this point. To fire your coach at this point, you'd really have to have a good idea who you're getting because you're really behind. You know, I mean, a lot of coach, a lot of teams are, you know, doing multi, like hiring OCs. Like I, I believe it was, um, who was it? The Chicago Bears are going yeah. to hire Shane Walter, the OC out of Seattle, and you have the Patriots in Toronto Mail, right? They're they're doing a ton of coaching interviews this week. So I don't know. I don't think I don't think we're going to see many more. I, I think kind of what you get is, you know, what we see is what you get. But turning the page to the coaching search kind of brings us to the Patriots and, and Gerard Mayo. And last week, sort of rapid fire, Gerard Mayo and the Patriots requested several defensive assistants and several special teams assistants. And this week, he's talking to offensive candidates in person. Starting on Monday, he'll speak with Nick Cayley, Rams tight end coach, former Patriots tight end coach. And on Tuesday, 
it is reported he will speak to Zach Robinson, my personal favorite, um, Rams quarterback coach and Rams passing game coordinator. Chris, let's let's start with the OC job. I think that is by far the most important position Gerard Mayo has to fill. One, what do you think about the first two interviews? And two, um, who else should he bring in? Because I, I think he'll bring in more than just two people. Uh, first thought is I love the Robinson interview where we've talked about him on the pod before as a fit to come in and like someone that really understands the Shanahan scheme and to, you know, install that and start running it correctly. I think that could be a huge boost for the offense. Um, I'm curious, like, I like, I like the Kaylee interview too, but I, I just don't know how serious that is, you know, where it's one of those things where it could very well be like, yeah, he's, it's, it's definitely real. He's a candidate or it could also be like, uh, you totally got hosed here with the whole Matt Patricia situation where you should have been the offensive coordinator in 2022, or at least like calling plays, you know, that didn't happen. So bring him back in now. It's interesting where it's like, are you trying to like boost the street cred for him and do him a favor? Or like, is this real? One thing that I've heard that makes a ton of sense to me though, is that tight ends coaches are usually like a step down from coordinators on offense because the nature of the position, they have to be very involved in the running game and the passing game. It's not like a wide receivers coach where you're clearly very focused on the passing game, you know, as a tight ends coach, you have to be very involved in both. Yeah, actually, uh, Sean McVay was a tight ends coach before he was an OC. Um, Arthur Smith um, was a tight ends coach for Tennessee before he was an OC. There, there's several um, coaches in the past who have been, as you said, the tight ends coach. Yeah, Nick Cayley is an interesting one for me. Um, last offseason, for those who don't know, Nick Cayley interviewed with the Houston Texans, New York Jets and the New England Patriots for their OC jobs. Gerard Mayo was a part of that interview process. So this will be the second time Mayo sort of, you know, is involved with Nick Cayley interviewing for an OC position. Cayley, I think, would be well-deserving. I mean, I don't know how it would be viewed externally, but I'll say this. The fact that the Patriots had someone on their coaching staff who had three interviews to be an OC last year, I, I think that shows right there that other teams view him as a qualified candidate. And I think Nick Cayley is a qualified candidate. Um, he'd give... Gerard, sort of an option. Do you want to stick with the old system or do you want to start something new? I think Nick Cayley certainly could run, you know, the West Coast system, even though he was only out there with the Rams for one year. Zach Robinson, though, is currently one of the hotter candidates on the market. He interviewed with the Bears, didn't get that job, but he could be, a, I think, a favorite for the New Orleans Saints and their OC job. But Nick, um, for those who don't know, Zach Robinson was drafted by the Patriots in 2010, was only there for the offseason. He was a seventh round pick, a quarterback. Um, he's been with the Rams since 2019, assistant quarterbacks coach, assistant receivers coach. But since 2022, passing game coordinator and QB coach, I mean, he is just really ripe to come in to a new team, start over, start a West Coast system and bring that McVay system in. I mean, if that's the direction Gerard Mayo wants to go in, he has to go after Zach Robinson hard because there's there are other suitors out there. I absolutely love it. We should also note, it, note that with coordinator searches, Chris, Teams do have to um, adhere to the Rooney rule. And with coordinated searches, that means interviewing at least one external minority candidate. Um, with, so with Zach Robinson and Nick Cayley, they they will not have done that. So I imagine Gerard Mayo will bring in at least, you know, several other candidates because defensively, so far from what we know, it's DeMarcus Covington, Saints linebackers coach Michael Hodges, uh, Broncos cornerbacks coach Kristen Parker, and... Panthers outside linebackers coach Tem Luckaboo. If I mispronounce that name, my apologies, Tem. And then special teams coordinator. He's already sent in three requests. It's Thomas McGahey. McGahey. I, I have no idea how to pronounce that guy's last name. He was the former Giants special teams guy. 
There's Marquise Williams, former Falcon special teams coach, and then another guy from the Rams, Jeremy Springer, assistant teams coordinator. So what I'm saying, people, is this coaching search is really, really getting hot. It's underway. Gerard Mayo said on WEI on Monday he's doing in-person interviews this week. Chris, what do you think about the defensive coordinator spot? I, for one, think this is really easy for um for Mr. Mayo. What do you? I know you where think? you're gonna go. Are you going to Marcus Covington? It's it's by far the easiest spot to fill. The Patriots had one of the best run defenses in the NFL. Demarcus Covington, like Nick Cayley, interviewed multiple teams in the past for their D.C. spots. I believe it was the Chargers and the Cardinals last year. Demarcus Covington is viewed externally as a future D.C. and a future head coach. That means you should keep him in-house, right? You definitely think so. And, yeah, I think he's a very real candidate for this. Um I still think you want him to nail the interview, right? You're not just going to like hand the job out. And I do think that like, even if Covington is the guy and Mayo likes him as the guy, you know, he has these other guys come in like Michael Hodges, maybe, you know, maybe he wants to make him new England's linebacker coach and pay him more than he's getting in new Orleans or something like that. You, you know, like, you know, a fun fact about Michael Hodges is that in 2016, him and Demarcus Covington were co-defensive coordinators for Eastern Illinois. So there's a massive connection there between Demarcus Covington and Michael Hodges, who our friend Nick um, Nick Underhill, who covers the Saints, has said great things about Michael Hodges, that essentially he's a bright, young assistant coach. And speaking of bright, young assistant coaches, is it me, Chris, or is that what who Mayo was really bringing in on all three levels here? All of them. I was going to say the exact same thing, where it's like they all seem like these are like rising candidates under 40 years old who um, really have a lot going for them. Uh, I, I am glad that that was a fun fact, too. When you said you had a fun fact, I didn't know how much fun it was going to be. That was pretty fun. So I'll give it to you. All right. All right. And Gerard Mayo was also on the Greg Hill show on WEI this morning. And he talked about Mac Jones for the first time um, since taking over as head coach, where we don't really we really don't know what like Gerard thinks about Mac at the moment and what his place might be moving forward. So Mayo on the record said, quote, when I think about Mac, he obviously has talent. We're in the evaluation phase. I will say with that. The confidence of a player is very fragile, especially these players now, like I'm an old man or something like that, but the confidence goes a long way. So, I mean, he acknowledged that the confidence was pretty much shattered last year. And then they, uh, they asked him a follow-up that was essentially like, do you think the coaching staff had a lot to do with his regression and that loss of confidence? And he said, if you were to ask Mac Jones, he made mistakes along the way as well. The coaching staffs, the coaching staff, we made mistakes along the way as well. And I'm not just talking about the offensive coaching staff. One thing about Mac, everybody talks to Mac, special teams, defensive players, offensive players, and we were trying to help him with his confidence. But I think everybody has, there's enough blame to go around. Mark, what'd you make of Mayo's first, you know, kind of evaluation and comments about where Mac Jones is at? Sort of all over the place, right? I mean, he, he admits Mac Jones has some talent. We saw that in 2021. Admits that he basically lost confidence, which we saw this past season. Says Mac made some mistakes. We saw the interceptions and also admitted the coaching staff made mistakes. So what I what I take it as is Gerard Mayo was basically saying, hey, me and Mac Jones, we have a clean slate. We're going to try to reset here, reset things here and see where we go. I think it's an awkward situation, though, even though Bill Belichick's out, you know, and, and Mac will have, I would say, more support inside the building. I'm still not entirely sure he's on this roster, you know, come next fall. I really, Chris, I think you would agree here. I really think the Patriots are going to draft a quarterback, whether that be with their third pick or their second round pick. And I think at the end of the day, the best thing for Mac and the Patriots might be just to move on. But 
you know, I, I like, I like the fact that Mayo got all those things out of the way. Talented, sure. Lost confidence. He made mistakes. We made mistakes. Hey man, it's, it's the blame game for everyone, right? Everyone gets a piece of the blame pie with this situation. Yeah. I thought he handled that pretty diplomatically and did it well. Uh, what do you think if they were to trade Mac Jones, what do you think they would have to get to make that deal happen? I've been thinking about this a lot. I wonder if there's any team out there that would send them a fourth round pick mm -hmm. or a back quarterback. I look at a team like the Rams, Sean McVay, they, they have Matthew Stafford. Their backup situation is a little funky, I believe. I'd have to go back and look at their roster. But I think like the Rams, I think like, would he be a good backup for Brock Purdy? Maybe, you know, there, there are a lot of teams out there who need quarterbacks. And you think about this past season. Chris, so many backup quarterbacks started. There were third string quarterbacks, you know, starting like Easton Stick started for the Chargers at one point. I mean, we saw Tyler Haneke, you know, getting starts for the Falcons. I, Mac Jones would be an upgrade for someone when it comes to being a backup quarterback. It's just how valuable with a guy with one year left in his contract be. I would wonder if the Patriots could get a fourth round pick. I sort of doubt it. I yeah. do wonder if they'd ship him for a fifth or sixth. At that point, you're kind of giving him away for free. But if it was me, I would give him away for free. I would sign a veteran to be a placeholder slash backup, and then I would draft someone. I think that's where they should go. Veteran quarterback, high upside rookie, plus Bailey Zappi as your three. That is me. You know, what, what do you think Gerard Mayo and the Patriots will do? Yeah, I think if he got offered a four or anything higher than that, that you, you know, you make that deal immediately. Like you, I don't really see it happening just because of like he's definitely going to be a backup moving forward or at least for like next season, I would expect him to be a backup. I put it that way. I could see him going the Geno Smith route and starting again somewhere else eventually. But I think in the near future, you're going to see him as a backup and he only has one year left on that contract because you'd be crazy to pick up the fifth year option on it. So I, I just don't think the trade value is going to be super high there. Um, at a certain point, if they got, if someone offered him a fifth, I don't know, maybe they would just do it to, you know, get something and, foster that change of scenery but um yeah I'm, I'm with you i think that they should bring in a veteran backup um and let let the veteran backup compete with bailey zappy for the backup job and uh, i mean i think we're assuming you're going to draft a quarterback and he's going to be the guy eventually moving forward yeah um mayo also talked about the drafts and the number three overall pick and it's really funny to me that this quote is just like it's kind of, it kind of turns into whatever you want to make it. And people totally do that where at, he was on uh Greg Hill this morning, he was asked about number three overall. And he said, we're going to take the best player available for the biggest need on the team. You have two camps that immediately go, Oh, they're taking, they need a quarterback. They're taking Jane Daniels or, Oh, Marvin Harrison jr. They absolutely need him. Like that's totally what he's saying. Do you think he's saying one or the other here? Or do you think it's just kind of a general platitude? I think people really want him to be saying he's going to draft a quarterback, but when he, they, when they followed up with him and he, as you mentioned, they said like, well, he said, well, quarterback, receiver, offensive line, he's not wrong. Patriots don't have any starting tackles in their contract. They don't, they need a number one receiver. They need a quarterback. So all three are massive needs. We will get a better idea as will Gerard after free agency, right? Because the Patriots are going to sign people. They'll sign people in free agency. They'll probably add some tackles. They could sign T. Higgins. And, and all of a sudden, they signed T. Higgins or Michael Pittman. What I'm saying is they're not drafting Marvin Harrison, right? I mean, if they go out and they sign Jacoby Brissett, but then like Michael Pittman, it's like, all right, they're probably going to draft a quarterback. So I think he's he's being honest to a certain degree. They're going to take the most important player at their most important position of need come April. But at this point, we don't necessarily know. 
hypothetically, if they sign Kirk Cousins to a massive contract, it's not going to be Jaden Daniels, right? It could be Marvin Harrison. So I guess at the end of the day, he's not lying, but people can easily read into what he's saying and turn it into something maybe it isn't. Do you want to go on your mock draft before free agency rant right now? It's uh, useless and I hate it. I hate all mock drafts that come out before free agency because we have no idea what teams' needs are. For everyone mocking Marvin Harrison or Joe Alt to the Patriots right now, what happens if they sign T. Higgins? What happens if they go out and they re-sign Owenu and they bring in another veteran tackle? It just it, it drives me absolutely insane. My mock drafts will come out in April when I know the Patriots' damn needs. And at that point, that's why my mock drafts will be more accurate than all yours, people. That's what I... And an old man yells at cloud rant about mock drafts, but I absolutely hate them before free agency and before the comp picks were even announced. Gonna man, yeah, we, we can. I'll go on more about this as we get going here in the off season. Hate mock drafts, free free agency. All right, I think that's a perfect place to end it. So uh, yeah, don't read any mock drafts right now, and we'll catch you further on down the trail. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live.